Welcome to the Love is Coming podcast, the must-listen show for single women struggling to attain or sustain a romantic relationship. I'm your host, Persia Lawson, author, speaker, and according to the Times Magazine, one of the UK's most successful love coaches. Before that, I was a serial cheat and obsessive love addict, but I'm now a bride-to-be and in the best relationship of my life. So, if you're trying to do the work on your love life, you are definitely in the right place. But here on the Love Is Coming podcast, we serve your education with a side of entertainment. Expect serious stuff talked about not so seriously, solo agony on episodes with yours truly, and guest episodes showcasing some of the best in the biz in ways you've never seen them before. So, got a dating dilemma? Swiping right but haven't yet found Mr. Right? then let's get raw, real, and a little bit inappropriate because love is coming for you, baby, in more ways than one. So today's topic is something that a number, quite a number of women have actually messaged me about over the years. Not a huge amount of women, but certainly enough to warrant an episode on this topic. Um, And the reason I wanted to speak around this topic is that the women who've messaged me feel such a degree, uh, like a sharp degree of pain and shame around it. And they don't feel that they can really speak to anyone because they feel it's really embarrassing. So this is going to really resonate for those of you who have never been in a proper relationship who only seem to attract one-night stands or short-lived flings, or who feel like a healthy, lasting relationship will never happen for you. And in it, I'm going to share the real reason you've never been in a relationship, why your limited experience in romance is actually a good thing, plus a life-changing tool to attract the partner that you've always wanted. So let's dive straight in without any further ado. So the real reason you have not been in a relationship. The first thing I want to say here is that there is nothing wrong with you. And I know that that's an obvious thing to say, but the women who message me who have not been in a relationship and who really struggle with that feel like, well, they have this narrative in their head, in their mind, that the reason they've not been in a relationship is because there's something wrong with them. And there really isn't. We all hit, firstly, we all hit different milestones at different times. Would you feel the same degree of shame, for example, if you had, I don't know, okay, what are the big milestones? Let's say graduating from university um, or buying our first house. Now, whilst there may be some sense of like, oh, I should have done this earlier, I don't think it holds the same sort of degree of pain and triggering that not having had a relationship does. Remember that it's always the stories that we are making up that is causing us suffering. It is not the actual reality. Like your day-to-day life of not having been in a relationship, if you take away the narrative of what that means, you're probably fine. But this is what we do to ourselves. We, we make things mean things and we cause ourselves so much angst in the process. So the first thing I want to say is you have more power and control over your experience of this situation than you are giving yourself credit for. 
And so the first thing I want you to do is just to make the decision. I'm going to stop using this as a reason as to why I'm a failure. Because listen, let me tell you, I have got something else. I've got quite a few other things that I use as my reason as to why I'm a failure. It's not that I haven't been in a relationship. I, there's a few aspects of my relationship that I can use as 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 a reason as to why I'm a failure. But actually, for me, it's a lot more to do with my work. That's where I am. That's me being really open and honest. Where I'm in my life right now, I it's easier for me to use stuff around work as as a reason as to why I'm a failure. And I've been really looking at this throughout 2021, as some of you may know if you've been following my work for a while. And I realized that I started doing this when my love life, when I, I started working my love life a decade ago, back at the beginning of 2011. And it's come on bloody leaps and bounds since then. And it's not perfect. There's a long way to go still. There always will be because we're always growing and evolving. Um, but I don't really worry about my relationship day to day for the most part. It sort of just take care of, takes care of itself. And so I don't have this huge amount of pressure on it. And that's why it seems to just sort of trundle along and it's, and it's great for the most part. So Whereas when my my when Joe came into my life and, and my love life kind of got better every year and, and I stepped into being a love coach, so I have to really hold myself accountable with it. Um, that's when the focus became on my work. Because something I teach in my flagship program, Get Your Soulmate, is there is an inner child in it in us that is always um trying to fix the problems that she couldn't as a child. And so my biggest trauma as a child was growing up with two parents who were struggling with drug addiction. And so I had two things that I did to help me deal with that at the time. I would escape and validate myself with boys and through work, through like like school, through being the best at whatever it was, through getting lead roles. And and that there is definitely uh still a part of me that does feel the need to be the best, that needs to win, that needs to be successful. I wrote about this in depth in um, in my new book, Love is Coming, because I wanted to call myself out. Because as long as we are caught in that trap of trying to fix something we couldn't as a child. So, so essentially, it doesn't really matter what you're using. Some people use drugs. Some people, like, we, there's so many different things. Mine was work and it was boys. And through that, what I was really trying to do was trying to get seen, trying to be loved, trying to be seen and trying to be loved. And when I did that, when I was trying to get seen and validated and loved in my romantic life, it kept leading me to choose really unhealthy people who would never be able to see me or love me. Because when you're coming from that sort of childhood wound, as opposed to a healthy adult, making choices, you're going to be drawn to things that are going to keep you stuck in that addictive pattern where you never, ever win. But you've got that, it's like we create these problems for ourselves so we can be the hero and overcome them. But with that, we just get caught in this vicious cycle. So what I had to do is to surrender and to stop trying to win something that I, like, I literally wouldn't be able to win. And when once I really let that go, and I did the work I needed to do around my love life, then guess what? The, the relationship that I desired turned up 
And it turned up a lot later than I would have chosen, but it turned up in the right way at the right time. And and I resisted it so much at the beginning because it felt so unfamiliar and scary. So all this to say, the real reason you have not been in a relationship is not, not because there's not something wrong with you. It's your narrative around it in the same way that it used to be my narrative that I, yeah, I could get a relationship, but it was always toxic. It was always with an addict or an alcoholic. I could never stay in them. I would always cheat. That was my belief system. And so if you've never had a relationship, then that is going to be your belief system is, well, I've never had a relationship. So therefore I'm never going to have a relationship because I've never experienced it. It's unfamiliar in the way that having a healthy relationship was really unfamiliar to me. So just realize in the same way that I've transformed my own experience, you absolutely can too. But you first got to realize that it is a story that you are telling yourself to keep yourself stuck where you are, which is to say you might be miserable, but at least it's familiar. We would rather stay stuck in the shit than be open to the possibility of something completely new, even if that could be amazing. You know, I I say in um, Love is Coming, shit stinks, but it's warm. And it's a really hard thing for us to get our head around because our conscious minds go, no, but I really want the relationship. But what we don't realize is that it's our subconscious that is running the show. Our subconscious is what is going to get the results in our love life and every other area of our life, not our conscious desires. And the the, the key is like when those two things are in conflict, we will not be able to get what we want. The way that we get what we want is we have to have our subconscious and our conscious working together so that they both desire those things. Therefore, they know that they believe that those are safe things. If they are unfamiliar things, they are safe things. And the way that something becomes safe is we find a way to familiarize ourselves with it. And then I'm going to give you the tool um, at the end of this podcast to help you to do that. That's really, really helped me. Okay, so let's move on to why your limited experience in romance is a good thing. So think of it like this, like myself and lots of my clients have had a lot of shit to clean up in our love life because, well, because as I've already said, I had a lot of partners, a lot of one night stands, a lot of relationships, um, all very, very unhealthy. I had a lot of trauma in my love life. So if you've never had a relationship, you essentially have one, yes, it's a biggie, but you have one problem and that is your belief that because you've never had a relationship, you will never have a relationship. So that's your main problem. Whereas with me, I had so much shit to clean up and so much trauma to clean up. So I want you, this is is a really handy way of starting to get yourself into a positive mindset around the situation. Is say to yourself, well, listen, okay, I'm going to own it and say, I have not had a relationship And that's painful to me. I'm not going to pretend that's not the truth. But at least I don't have all that, like the same level of shit to clean up. So actually, I'm in a good place. I'm in a better place than people who've had a string of really toxic relationships where there was abuse and, you know, where they've got so much shit to, to kind of work through. I have one thing to work through and I can deal with that because it's really clear and it's simple And as long as I'm committed to working through that belief that it's not possible for me and transforming it to believe that it absolutely is possible for me, then it's all good. 
So this is such a simple, simple mindset shift. But when you can take away the severity of the obstacle in front of you, and you can soften it and just tell yourself that this is absolutely possible to work through, then your mindset will shift dramatically. And I'm going to now give you the tool, life-changing tool to attract the partner you've always wanted. Um, this is the tool that you, you can apply this to so many different areas of your life. It's so simple, but the key is in the repetition, the consistency of it, doing it every single morning. I recently shared this with the women in my program, Get Your Soulmate, and they are loving it. Because remember, what this is all about, it's changing. Essentially, the most important thing is to change how we feel about things. But in order to change how we feel about things, we need to change how we think about things because our thoughts is what leads to the suffering that we experience. So the tool I'm going to give you is going to help you shift both how you're thinking and therefore how you are feeling about having that relationship. So as I've said, we need to make the idea of you being in a relationship feel familiar because at the moment you're, you've not had one Therefore, it feels like it's never going to happen for you. So we ha and, and that's what is the biggest block. So we need to shift that. We need to normalize the idea, the thought, and the feeling around being in a relationship. But we can't do that. You can't go from zero to like 100. It doesn't work. You have to do it incrementally. You have to do it incrementally, okay? So this tool is called the two-minute script. Now, with the two-minute script... What you're going to be doing is you are going to be utilizing the law of attraction and gratitude in very specific ways that are really helpful. And now there are different ways that you can do this. You could do this written, but I'm actually going to suggest you do it vocally. I actually think it's a lot more powerful. So you're going to, every morning, you're going to set, you might grab, this is what I do. I will get a cup of tea. I'll go and sit on my sofa with my dog and I will set my alarm for two minutes on my phone. And then what I will do is I will tap into something I'm grateful for in that moment. And usually I tend to start with something that is like solid that I can see. So it might be my dog. It might be the tree in my garden. It might be the fact that, you know, I've got a text from a friend last night, a really beautiful text, that whatever comes into my mind that in that moment I feel really grateful for. And I'll be honest, some days I wake up and I feel like shit. And so I have to really be basic. And, you know, that's why I'm like, got the dog there. Like, I'm grateful for my dog's, like, really soft fur and how snuggly he is and how adoring he is to me. And the key is you have to get yourself into the state of appreciation. So at the beginning it might feel a bit like, ugh. But you have to keep just saying things out loud intuitively. So this is not something that you have written down. This is something that you just allow to flow out of you, okay? So say that I'm starting with my dog. I'm so grateful for my dog and for his really fluffy coat and for how, um, how he always comes and sits next to me on the sofa. Already just saying that, I'm, I start to connect to a positive feeling, a positive experience of the moment and of something um, that genuinely feels good. From that space, when you've, when you've got that hook, allow it to kind of flow into something else that's already in your life. Um, it might be a friendship. It might be 
that you've just booked a new client, whatever it is, don't overthink it. Again, allow it just to organically flow. It might be thanks for this gorgeous cup of coffee that's giving me the caffeine I need to, to kind of get my arse into gear. <coughs> and from that space, this is where we start to harness the power of our imagination for positive. Because remember, our imaginations are so powerful. They are always working. If you worry, you are using your imagination, but you're using it in a way that does not serve you. And we all do this. So you then allow to start to think of something that you desire. Now, you might not be able to go straight to that, that relationship you've never had. That might feel like too much of a jump. You might just go to, like, I'm so grateful that I can feel my experience around my love life transforming slowly but surely. Because that is something that you probably could believe in that moment. And then it might kind of move to, I'm so grateful that I am starting to attract um, date offers and I'm, I'm, I'm having like really fun little moments in like a bar or a pub where I, I can feel guys looking at me or whatever it is. It doesn't really matter. So it might have to start there. And that might be something that you've already experienced in the past. Even if you haven't had a relationship, you might have experienced the feeling of being fancied. You might have experienced uh, like a really great date with someone. Whatever it is that your mind can believe is possible for you. And you just allow that to flow. And you might, over time, you might not get there in the first day or even the first week of doing this exercise. But eventually, you will get to the place where you work up to imagining yourself in that relationship and how that feels. So the key is, so you, you do this for two minutes. If you're in flow and the alarm goes, well, I, and I often will just stop it and carry on because I've kind of in the, in the flow of it. Sometimes you're, you're, you know, it's hard work and you're, the best you can do is two minutes. That's fine. The key is whenever you start to feel, when you say something and you feel that reaction in your body that's jarring and there's that voice that goes, come off it, pull the other one. I don't believe that. Then you want to go back a bit to something that you can believe. That might mean that you have to go back to something that is in that moment you feel great gratitude for, or you just step back a bit. So you're not, really what we're trying to do through this exercise is, is trick our imagination. Trick ourselves into, that's why we start with things that are already in our lives that we are grateful for. Because our mind knows that that's true. And so when we're working up and bringing in these things that haven't yet happened in our reality, we're essentially trying to trick our mind into believing that this is happening in my reality already. Now, even though that might sound really far-fetched to you, when you think of it, we live in an, a universe with infinite possibilities. It goes on and on and on. So somewhere on another timeline, on another sort of uh, plane, energetic plane, you are already in that relationship. And I, I love that idea. It's like whatever you really desire, somewhere in the universe, if the universe has got, you know, infinite possibilities, then everything that you already want, like there is a version of you somewhere living that. At least that's what I choose to believe. And all we're trying to do is close the gap between us and them. Sometimes it's, it, it's expressed as like collapsing the timeline. But realizing, you know, this is what Abraham Hicks always talks about. The only reason we ever want anything is because we think we will feel better in the having of it. 
So if it's the feeling that really we're after, why not focus on generating that feeling within ourselves? Because that is how we become an energetic match. We have to be a match for the thing that we want. If you've ever been into a shop, okay, so this is a funny example of that. My mum is a fashionista and she loves going to Bond Street and just potter around the shops and loves walking in Chanel. Now, when my mum walks into Chanel, all the shop assistants will sort of hurry over to her and like, how can I help you? And often she's not even going in to buy anything. She just likes the experience of going in and being in that energy of, of, um, of I don't know, luxury and sort of style and fashion. It's like she loves it. And it's so interesting watching their reaction to her compared to their reaction. If I'm with her, it's fine. But if I've gone in there, I mean, I haven't done it many times in my life, but because I go in there and I feel like this is not my space and it's, I just feel really like out of place there. They don't hurry over to me because I'm not an energetic match for that experience. Does that make sense? It's like you go to a party and you know that you have those certain people who just walk in and they might not, I mean, my fiance Joe's like that. He might not know anyone, but he walks in and he will be the life and soul of the party. And before you know it, everyone's talking to him. And whereas if you go in and like you go into a party and your your belief is like, oh, I'm not going to know anyone there. I'm not going to fit in. Then you, you are not a match for that experience. So then you create that reality of not fitting in. Does that make sense to you? So really, all of it is, I find it really helpful just to remember life is a game. And we need to stop taking it so fucking seriously. When you surrender the the sort of seriousness of the game, it starts to become playful and fun. And you just realize that it's all, like money is a made up, everything is like essentially a made up thing. A mortgage, it's a made up thing. Tax is a made up thing. We have just made these things up. And there are things you can do to play the game of life better. Like, you know, dating is a game. And I was really good at the game of dating. But that is not the same thing as being able, like you can be really good at the game of dating, but be shit at actually getting a healthy, soulful, lasting relationship. It's, that's two very different things. And you realize the game of, a, of getting a healthy, soulful, lasting relationship is a lot more work and it's a lot deeper. And are you willing to learn the rules and do the work around that? And you can have fun in the process, even though it's hard, even though it's challenging. The human experience is challenging. It's going to bring shit up. But we don't have to become so attached and make it all mean so much. I love the expression. Sorry, this, this podcast is going a bit all over the houses, but oh well, stream of consciousness. I'm not attached to it. So I love this uh, saying, invest in the process, surrender the outcome. So you, so, you know, again, everything in life is like essentially a dichotomy. So one thing can be true. And at exactly the same time, the polar opposite can be true. So you've got to know what you desire. Like, where do you want to go? What do you want? Because if you don't know what you want, then it becomes very hard. What's that? There's that thing in um, Alice in Wonderland. It's like, where are you going? I don't know. Well, then you'll get there or something like that. It's better than that, but something like that. So where was I going with this? Absolute stream of consciousness podcast episode. Know what you want, but invest in the process of getting there and let go of the how and the when, and especially when it comes to love, the who. 
that it's that the, the um, experience is going to manifest. That's the hardest thing. I'm going to be doing a whole other episode on this, um, the idea of surrendering the timeline of whatever we want in life, um, but especially relationships. Because it's that where we start to get so attached to the details and how something is going to come about. That's where we are actually really stepping out of our manifesting power. Because like when I think back, I always just use the example of how I met Joe. I could not have written that. There were so many ridiculous, brilliant coincidences and synchronicities that happened that if I had tried to control it, which I did a little bit in the like, uh, when I, like, for example, when I, he'd text me and I replied, but he hadn't replied to me. And I didn't know that it was because he hadn't got my message because the shit signal. But I remember like being with friends and sort of looking around for him a bit. Whenever I was in that energy, it didn't happen. He literally turned up again on the Saturday night when I'd just completely forgotten all about him and let go of it and just, just focused on being present with the people I was with and I had the most amazing time. So, <clears throat> so that's what I want to challenge you to do. Um, going back to the two minute script, doing that every single day, realizing this is a game, it's playful, don't be so attached to it, enjoy it, have fun with it. Don't make it mean so much. In the same way, don't make the fact that you've never had a relationship mean so much. I can do this with work things like all the time. I can make, um, I can basically set myself up constantly to be a failure, which is what I used to do in my relationships. It was, I had a belief from a very young age that somehow I was a failure and that it was my job to get people to love me, get people to see me, both in terms of like romantically, but also, you know, I was an actress. So in terms of like literally physically seeing me and that's by the way wreaked havoc when you do a job that I do where you're you know there's a degree of public um is public facing you know and the obsession with social media numbers and all of that and it's so trivial and I remember do you know what this really is a stream of consciousness episode um I remember years ago when I was in my old business with my friend Joey um called Addictive Daughter and uh I remember, I think I had like a thousand followers at the time. And I remember thinking, God, if I ever got to 10,000, I will know I've made it. And here I am at 14.9,000. And, and guess what? The goalpost moved. Oh, when, I, when I'm at 100K. No, because when I'm at 100, if slash when I'm at 100K, guess what? <gasps> a million. The goalpost will constantly move. And so you have got to make peace with where you are and stop making it bad, and stop making it wrong. In fact, can you find a way to see the positive in where you are? Like I said, the little mindset shift of going, well, okay, so I've never had a boyfriend or never had a relationship, but at least I have less trauma to work through than people who've had a shitloads of abusive ones. That's one way to put a positive spin on it. And you also can go, well, I, I get to create my own experience I don't have to put all of that old baggage from past relationships into the relationship that comes. I can almost like start with a really clean slate. Uh, you've got to find a way to make peace with where you are in order to get to where you want to go. That's the crazy irony about life. You have to find a way to fall in love and embrace and yeah, just, just really appreciate the chapter 
you are in in your life right now. Find the good in it. List out all the reasons it's so great and also know where you desire to be. But that gratitude for where you are now is going to get you into the right vibration and frequency to go to the next level. Does that make sense? So this has actually been a lot more about manifesting um, than I was expecting it to be. There's quite a few episodes I'm doing around this topic because it's it's the question I get asked about all the time. So there's going to be various different sort of angles I'm going to be looking at around manifesting your dream relationship, how to get your soulmate, um, especially when it feels like it's just not happening and nothing's working for you. I know because I've been there. I have bloody been there in my life. Like I really have. Um, I remember it. And, and, And I can tell you now, having the relationship, having bought our house, having the dog, having the car, all of these things that felt so far off for such a long time, having traveled the world together, like I've done a lot of the ticking of boxes. And whilst, you know, in ways, you know, I'm really grateful for those things. I still am here going, oh, but where's the next thing? And oh, the house renovation, I have to really catch myself. And, you know, wherever you go, there you are. I interviewed my friend Nikki Clinch earlier. And uh, she said that and I was just like, God, that really, really is so true. We think that there's going to be this magical thing that when we get it, when we get there, everything's going to be okay and we're going to be fixed and we're going to feel loved and we're going to feel seen and blah, blah, blah. As I explained with the social media number thing, sounds so trivial, but it's just not true. It just is not true. The goalposts will constantly move. I remember when I we got um, The Inner Fix was published and I remember always thinking, when I see my name published on a book, then I'll know I've made it. I've said the same thing about getting in Kitchen Island and guarantee when I get a Kitchen Island... I'll be like, oh, anti-climax. It's always an anti-climax. I remember thinking when I did this book, Love is Coming, when I finished this book, because it was fucking five years, it took so much, it was such a slog, and I loved it and I hated it in kind of equal amounts. Um, But I remember thinking just when I have this book done and finished, oh, the relief I will feel. And yes, I do, but not as much as I thought I would. Because there's always something else to create and there's something else to do. And there's, you know, the the next challenge comes along. That is the nature of life. We have got to make peace with life and realize that life ebbs and it flows and there's ups and there's downs. It comes back to the most basic thing that we get taught in spirituality, which is being present. I really love to think of it. This is another Abraham Hicks thing. Like, essentially, it's like segments of your day this is what helps me stay present. Like right now, I feel so present because, and therefore I feel free and I feel joyful because my one um, place to focus right now is just speaking these words that are very fucking rambly, um, admittedly. But I'm not thinking about what I'm going to have for lunch or when I'm going to take the dog out or, you know, all of those various things. And so I actually feel really at peace, but guaranteed the minute I come off this, then I'm going to go, okay, to do this and this and that. And if we can just break our day up into different little segments and be as present as we can in those, honestly, this is so helpful for every area of your life, but particularly for your love life, because the more that you are living in the fantasy of, um, that when when you get the relationship, then everything's going to be fixed and everything's going to feel great. The more you are pushing it away, and that's the irony, because you want you want to, here I go back to the dichotomy, 
The two-minute script is a tool where you're essentially living in fantasy, but you're doing it in a healthy way because you're experiencing it as though it's happening right now, as opposed to living in the, like being here and going, oh, but when I get there, then I'm going to feel good. When you can realize that you can generate the feelings that you desire within you right now, you don't actually need the manifestation of the relationship to feel loved. You don't need the manifestation of the millions in the, in the bank to feel abundant. You can find ways to feel abundant right in this moment, connecting to nature, connecting to your breath. Like the most simple things, like for me, like make running a gorgeous bath for myself and I can get in and just, you know, just feel really, I guess, supported and you know, why do we want to, why do we want to manifest the money? We want to feel supported. We want to feel free. Um, I think it was Muji, the spiritual teacher who said something like the real reason that when we actually attract the thing that we want, it's not so much that that thing has been added to us that makes us feel good. What it actually is, it's the relief from wanting it so much. And I really, relate to that in my romantic life. Whilst of course I have moment, many moments with my fiance Joe where I feel like euphoric and deep love and gratitude, a lot of the sort of more day-to-day thing is just that I don't feel that like anxious obsession around getting the relationship. That's the that's the um the kind of most the biggest thing. And I want you to think about something that you have in the past, you really, really, really wanted it, and then you got it. Did it feel like that? Did it feel like actually it was more about no longer having that obsessive, um, anxious feeling around the wanting of it? It was about you. You so essentially, it's it's that you're released from that as opposed to you've had it something added on, which is I think what we believe it's going to be. We believe when we get that thing, we're going to be living at a, at a constant state of euphoria. Of course, you're not. It's not sustainable. So I'm going to bring this ramble home to land by just saying, I want you to practice as long as, so along with the two minute script, I want you to start thinking of your day in segments and for each segment, be as present as you possibly can. And it's like, if this was, I don't know, a play like, like, and the character's job, I don't know if this is a good analogy. No, forget that. Forget that analogy. Just I want you to think my one job in the, in this segment is to find as much joy and peace as I possibly can. So for example, my next segment, after I finish this, I'm going to go and make lunch. And what I'm going to do, because like, you can be like, oh God, I'm going to make lunch. What a fucking hassle. No, I'm going to transform that in my mind to I'm going to play the um, the audible of the rest of my friend Nikki Clinch's book, Surrender. I'm going to really enjoy the fact that I've got amazing food that I can eat. How lucky am I when there's plenty of the people in the world that are starving? I'm going to really be present in that experience and really enjoy it while listening to this book, while making that lunch. And then I'm going to probably watch a bit of um, Grey's Anatomy while I eat my lunch. And then I'm going to do a few records. And then I'm going to go into another segment which is going to be doing some recordings. Okay, so I know when I'm recording, like I've said earlier, I already, I feel present, I feel joyful because there's nothing else that my mind can think about when I'm doing that. So 
this is what I would like, you know, in any one day, we probably have about 20 different segments because you might have, you know, walking to the train station or driving to work. That's one segment. Be in that segment of your day. Make the absolute most of it. I have no idea what this has to do with, uh, what's the title? How to get a boyfriend if you've never had one. Well, I guess I'm going to tenuously bring it back and say, stop making your life about your failure in romance, because that's what you're doing if your narrative is, as so many of the women who've messaged me, but the problem is Persia. I've never had a boyfriend, so I don't know what that feels like, and I feel like a failure because of it. Stop choosing that narrative. You are choosing to believe that. You never having had a relationship is actually a neutral fact in the same way that me being like, oh, well, I've never had a Range Rover. Like, so? Like, that's, that's do you know what I mean? It's, it, it, it's that trivial. Stop making it mean something. Stop giving your focus to that and start focusing on what is working in your life and just finding and connecting to those little day-to-day moments that bring you joy. When you start committing, and it is a commitment, you know, we say we want commitment from another person, but we're not willing to commit to ourselves and give our, we want someone else to commit to us and give us love and adoration. And we're not giving ourselves that. The fastest way you can give yourself love is to commit to being present in every little moment of your day as much as you can. And commit to transforming that voice in your head that tells you you're not good enough and that you're never going to get what you want, that the the dominant voice in you is compassionate. So when that voice, that critical voice comes in and says all sorts of shit to you, I want you just to really quickly come back and put your hand on your heart and maybe just like give a few little um, strokes, circular strokes. Immediately that calms me down whenever I do that, thinking of like rubbing a baby's back. And just say to yourself, all is well. I am more than good enough. I have everything I need in this moment. The key is that we want to be attracting and manifesting and creating in our life from a state of wholeness, not from a, I need to have that to be good enough, to look good enough, to be accepted, to fit in, um, to feel worthy. I am worthy because I am. End of story. We want to create from a place of joy, not a place of franticness, not a place of neediness, not a place of desperation and obsessiveness. I've got, I really feel I'm saying these words to myself right now because you know what? I so get that when it comes to romantic life, but my God, how easily I forget it in other areas of my life. So I'm committing to this right along with you. I hope that this has been useful for you, my darlings. If it has, then please do check out my new book, Love is Coming, over at loveiscomingbook.com, where you will also get sent an amazing free audio training training I created for you called The Fastest Way to Meet Your Soulmate. And it is going to give you more tools and tips, both the book and that free training, along the lines of things I've shared with you. If what I've shared with you today has resonated, I promise you that book is really going to support you, as is that free audio training that comes along with it. Um, You can also get the book over on Amazon if you just put in Love is Coming. Right, 
I think I'm going to wrap up this ramble. I hope it's been helpful. I hope you've enjoyed it as much as I've enjoyed um, rambling along. So please do come and let me know over at Instagram at Persia Lawson, which of these three tips resonated for you the most and why? Well, there's actually been quite a few more than three tips. So whatever I've shared with you, if there's something that's really stuck out, please come and let me know. Sending you loads of love. Mwah. And that's a wrap. Thank you so much for listening. I really do hope these episodes help you find dates that become mates and flings that become things with men who are ready, willing, and able to actually commit. Please be sure to like, share, subscribe, and leave me a review if you're getting value from these episodes. This helps the podcast rank higher so it can reach other people who want or need the support. To have your question answered, send it over to podcast at persialawson.com and we'll get to it ASAP. See you next week, gorgeous. I release a new episode every Tuesday. But until then, remember, love is coming for you. So surrender to the festival that is life on planet Earth and trust that what misses you was not meant for you and what's meant for you will not miss you, including your soulmate. <laughs>